0: Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. OVERTIME! You think you know me.
1: Here we go. Live from the White Claw Heart, Seltzer Studios, it's overtime with William Patterson, Dawson Wise, and Jace Brown joining you on a Monday. After a huge weekend in sports for the Vols, uh, for the NBA, so many things to talk about on today's episode. We are so glad you're joining us. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop in and join us later on in the hour, we'll talk about how the Diamond Vols are off to a hot start this season after performing uh, very well in the uh, Shriners Children's College Showdown this weekend. We'll also give our best bets at the end of the hour, as always. But first, we begin with the Vols destroying Vanderbilt on Saturday. And guys, we were talking about it uh, right before we walked in. This was the overtime special on display on Saturday. Everything we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, ever really since we've all been together as a group. This was the perfect culmination of all of our keys to the games. And this was perfect. This was fun. You had so many people involved. You had... Uh, controlling home court involved. Um, <laughs> it was dominant all the way around, yeah, yes. and let's break it down. Yeah. The fifth-ranked Tennessee Vols turned in a resounding 88-53 to victory Saturday night at a sold-out Food City Center to complete a season sweep of its in-state foe Vanderbilt for the sixth time in the past seven campaigns. The Vols, who improved to 19-6 and overall, 9-3 and in the SEC, never trailed the Commodores and led by as many as 41 points including by 31 at halftime. Uh, all five starters scored between 11 and 14 points, uh, with none playing even 25 minutes in the team's second win this season. Uh, the Second second win this week by 29-plus, I should say. Right. Um, junior guard Zakai Ziegler recorded a co-team high 14 points, five of six shooting from him, very efficient. Four of five from long range uh, to go along with a co-game best five assist. Uh, Don connect. Um, tied Ziegler in points and in the assist column with 14 and 5. Really good uh, performance from him. Um, Josiah Jordan James, a guy we've talked about a couple of times, getting him going. He was on as well. 13.7 rebounds and a game high three steals. Really good stuff on the defensive end from him. Uh, finishing 5 of 7 from the floor, 3 of 5 from the three point line. Santiago Vescovi, this one made me smile. Uh, 12 points on a 4 of 5 clip from long range. That's really important. Um, He matched both Ziegler and Connect with a season-high tying five assists as well. And Jonas Adu, a big week for him, uh, 11 points and a game-leading eight rebounds. Uh, Toby Awaka uh, chipped in nine points. Cameron Carr got uh, got involved as well. Uh, Career-high eight points from him. This was a a, a fun one all the way around. Um, I thought they did a really good job of um, a transitioning defensive stops into points on the other end, whether it be through the transition or just you know getting a stop and, and responding on the other side. That first half was, I mean, masterclass. That was yeah. a top five team. That was a a team that, that was, was just, a one seed. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, And and that was a team that was, you know, slated by the the March Madness committee, the selection committee, I should say, uh, on Saturday that would be a, a, what was it, a a five-seed overall, six-seed overall? Something like that. Yeah, Uh, I think six. Not not a seed, uh, but the sixth best team in the country, number two seed, second best. Um, That is exactly what you saw from that team. Um, and, And just, I don't know what it was, just something in there. It was all around a great performance. Guys, let's break it down. Dawson, your takeaways.
2: Well, you already mentioned the, the, you know, everybody getting involved. Thing that was the first thing I had written down. Just, I mean, you looked down the stat sheet. It felt like everyone had a bucket in this game yeah. <laughs> all the way down the roster. Uh, when you get Cam Carr scoring eight points in the second half, uh, you're doing something very right. Uh, for once, the shots that he was taking, and believe me, Cam Carr, not a guy ever to pass up an open look, apparently. Uh, But they actually fell for him this time, so good to see everybody get involved, and and we covered that one a little bit. The stifling defense, man, this was just locked down, nothing was getting through, you only gave up 16 paint points, we'll talk about that in a minute, Uh, you turned the ball, it turned them over a lot in this game, Like just forced a ton of mistakes, I always talk about flying around. They did that. Like we said, they did everything we talked about. Flying around, forcing mistakes was one of them. They did that. Uh, Another thing, welcome back Santiago Vescovi. It's about time. Uh, We've waited all year for him to do this. We don't need 30 points. We just need him to hit threes. He did that. Uh, Welcome back to him for the lineup. Uh, It's a huge boost for him, I think, a huge boost for this team as well to have him going the right direction. Uh, And it contributes to when everybody's on, this team looks borderline unstoppable. Um, And so that's huge. And the last one for me is the wow factor. For a one seed, for a team like this, for you to be in that very small group of teams that in the favorites to win a national championship, you need to have the wow factor, the ability to go and just Blow a team out. Mm-hmm. Just win a game wire yeah. to wire yeah. and dominate games like this. One seed's national champions in the past. UConn did it. Now, granted, they did it against top five Marquette. Yes. Um, but they're, they're able to do that, go take over a game and win by 20-plus. You need to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Tennessee's now done it twice in the last week. Mm-hmm. So the wow factor is the last one for me. They did everything, every single thing right. Yeah. yeah.
3: The first thing on my list was spreading the love. I mean, we've we've all hit on it. But just, you know, you go back to the point of all five starters in double digits. I don't even remember the last time we saw that from this group alone, if ever. Uh, so seeing everybody like that, especially Vescovy finally finding his rhythm. Really him, not passing up open shots like he has been uh, at a pretty decent clip all year. That was really refreshing to see, so it feels like he's got a little bit of confidence back. Uh, and he showed it, shot four for five from deep, so I mean... If you're shooting it like that, don't stop shooting it like that. Uh, and one last thing for me is getting the freshman in early. I saw Cade Phillips out there quite often, uh, and I thought he played some really productive minutes. had three had re- three rebounds and uh, two assists to go along with it. Uh, Freddie played pretty good. Cameron Carr by far uh, the most impressive of the freshmen just because he finally started getting those open shots to fall. Because, uh, I mean, he's as you said, he's not afraid to shoot it. Uh, no. it. It just hadn't been falling for him. So seeing him finally fall for him adds a, another layer of depth for this. This
1: team, yeah, and I if there was one, I guess, thing, it's not a negative, but I wish Estrella were available right in a game yeah. like this, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because a couple of things I told my buddies while we were sitting there at the game, I was like, you know, um, when it was like 35 to 8, I was like, you know, this is a situation where you can kind of test some things out. And we talked a little we bit about on Friday that on Friday too. as well, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I would have loved to see Estrella in there, maybe alongside Adu, something we mm-hmm. had a caller talk about a couple of weeks ago. I I just kind of wanted to see how we can get Estrella more involved, you know, Um, because I think, especially come tournament time, that's a nice guy to come off the bench, especially if he can give some good moments. So I wish he were available to play. Now, obviously, he was out due to injury. Um, So I guess it's not really a gripe because there's nothing you can do about it. But um, I would have liked to see that in that situation. But, um, you know, I I think it was a good opportunity for a lot of these young guys. You know, Cameron Carr, we hopped on. Uh, You mentioned Phillips, Um, Freighted Alone, also a guy that. I was really high on coming into the year, getting him some more opportunities to play along with some more role players and maybe um, find a role later on in the season. Um, so I, I think these games are great. I hate to say it, but it was kind of a glorified scrimmage game um, where you kind of test some things out, see what works, see what doesn't, and um, at, at the same time win by 40 points. So, you know, that, that's, that's pretty nice too. Um, so uh, let's talk about now for the second game in a row, uh, Tennessee allowed only one double-digit score. Something we talked about was stopping Tyron Lawrence and uh, Ezra Mungeon, um with with sophomore forward Van Ellen Lubin uh, leading the Commodores with 10 points. Uh, you took Lawrence and Manjan out of the game. Uh, no one else even had nine in, in, in the game for Vanderbilt. Um, they limited the Commodores to 18 of 54 shooting. That's 33%. Seven of 25 from three, right on par with their season, season average of 28.5. Um, and then addition, Tennessee registered a 33-8 to 8 edge in points off turnovers. That was huge. <laughs> um, a 25-9 to 9 margin in fast break points and a 30-16 cushion in paint points. Um, so – This was a a, a master class performance on the defensive side of the ball that directly resulted in points on the other side. Um, Also amassed a season-best 28 assists in just seven turnovers, a 4-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio as a team, that's really Huge. good stuff. Yeah. Um, how important was this Vols defense in this oh, one? Oh,
2: this was crucial. Uh, I mean, any any night you can get 33 points off turnovers yeah. is a very success. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. almost half your production mm-hmm. was off of Vanderbilt turnovers. Uh, they struggled with guard play. They struggled in the Vanderbilt game with guard play yeah. when they were played at Memorial a few weeks back. Uh, that's why Vanderbilt jumped out to elite, is because Lawrence and Manjon, if we had that right, yeah. um, jumped out there and just went and made plays. They never got anything going. They never had a chance to. It was stifling all game long, and now they've shown us they can do it. Uh, and be able to lock guards down, that was huge. Flying around, I mean, 19 turnovers while only turning it over seven times (laughs) yourself, that's a nice turnover ratio Mm -hmm. as well, plus 12. You convert for almost two points per turnover, Mm -hmm. which, again, is an insane clip. Even if you turn them over 19 times to convert that much Mm -hmm. uh, is a really great sign as well. They played pest on the perimeter, uh, and I thought the paint was as good as it's been all year. Mm -hmm. Uh, 16 points in the paint for an opponent is a great number, especially when you're scoring 30. Uh, You want to outnumber them two to one? I mean, that's a pretty good winning recipe there. Uh, So I thought the paint defense down low, uh, Adu especially, man, they were really good down low.
3: Uh, yeah, across the board defensively, it, it was just, like you said, William, just sort of a master class. And, I mean, you, you take out, uh, you know, this Tennessee offense really does thrive in transition. When they can get going and break away fast break, uh, I mean, they're really hard to stop once they get that cushion with them. Uh, so, I, I think the turnover ratio right there was huge for this defense. It's going to be huge rolling over uh, going into – Uh, Later games this week with Texas A&M should not be that bad tomorrow against Missouri because Missouri is just not a great team whatsoever. But, uh, yeah, just inside and out, this defense was stellar. Uh, Picking away just any dribbling that any team or any time Vandy wanted to go inside, just swiped it away. It it felt like Zakai was all over the floor to me. Uh, So just all around, just up and down the court, great, great defense.
1: Yeah, I think it was very important. As as I said, you know, as I was introducing the question, um, just getting those stops defensively and having it directly result in points goes a long way. Thirty three points—that's uh, a huge margin. That's a huge uh, cushion, um, especially you know when you're in, in conference play. That's what win ga- wins games. You know, um, without those thirty three points, it's a fifty five to fifty three game. Um, so I think they did a really good job of of turning defense into offense by being aggressive, by making Vanderbilt um, rattled, and, and they really never got any rhythm going. And I think that, that plays into the role of you're at home. You've got to set the tempo. You've got to set the pace, and that's exactly what they did. And they did it offensively as well. Seven Vols contributing eight-plus points. Uh, this was pretty nice to see. I, I mean, we've talked about this for a while um, having the opportunity to get everyone involved, we projected that this game would probably be an instance where we see that. and that's it's no straight of Vanderbilt, but they're not as a they're not as as good of a team as right. you'll probably see again. Well, I guess Missouri will have something to say about that. <laughs> but um, you know, this was an opportunity to get a lot more guys involved, especially playing at home. Glad to see the Vols take advantage of this opportunity. Oh, a awesome. 100%.
2: Uh, we, we've said for weeks, I and mean, we said we'd say this a lot, well, we said this before, uh, we, we can't rely fully on Dalton Connect. So mm-hmm. uh, to, to see that it's not even just two other guys. You know, We've been talking about, well, we need one or two other guys to get in double digits. Uh, when you have five in double digits, uh, that's even better. It's about as good as it can get. And, and it shows that when this team is all playing well, when everybody's on the same page, everybody's having a good night, again, this team is, to me, borderline unbeatable uh in, in terms of how many scoring options you can have on the floor at one time. Uh, in terms of veterans, they give you an experience boost in these big games coming up. I think it's mm-hmm. huge for Vescovy to have a good night now. You've got Kentucky coming up, AM coming up. Yeah or yeah, I think A and M again, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh Auburn coming up. And then obviously the postseason where you're gonna need these guys. You know, Vescovy, James Ganey, guys that have been there for a long time, played a lot of basketball to, to be able to contribute, and they've been able to do that. It's been really nice to see Vescovy and James get back. Yeah. Uh, you know the team's feeling good when, when they're on, uh, and they provide a nice confidence boost. And to me, the other mm-hmm. thing is, man, getting the young guys involved is awesome because, yeah. number one, you can see if you can use them down the road. We talked about that a little bit on Friday. Try some things and see if you could work them into the rotation going mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also preparing for the future as well, for, for guys like Phillips and, and DeLeon, if he sticks around, and Cam Carr that are going to lead this team one day Uh, But that may not this year, to get them into games like this and see them start to improve, that is massive.
3: Yeah, I I think it's a really good time to do that, too, over these last three games where, uh, for the most part, outside looking in, you're not thinking they're going to be really competitive because, I mean, going into the Arkansas game, besides that first four minutes, I mean, there really wasn't much to gripe about at all that night. Uh, Same with Vanderbilt and – Missouri likely coming up tomorrow. So uh, right now is about the time that you really want to do that. Uh, And it it really does show the ceiling for this offense if everybody can get involved and not lean on one person like you said, Dawson. Uh, And if you can just pass the ball around, you don't got to stick to one guy and just – pray to God that he just gets you through exactly. whatever you need to get yeah. to. Uh, it really shows how good this team can be whenever they start gelling together on the offensive side. Everybody sort of finds a rhythm. That's how you win
1: games in March. Yeah, let's head to the phones real quick. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in. We've got Martin on the line. What's up, Martin? Not too much
4: tonight. I just need to know uh, where did. uh our linebacker, new linebacker coach come from, and he a co defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, so he came from Washington, Washington. where he was uh, the defensive coordinator there last season. Uh, would have had the opportunity to be um, the coordinator at Alabama, am I correct there? Linebacker's coach La- at Alabama. Okay, linebacker's coach at Alabama. Um, and instead, he, he says he's going to take the job at Tennessee. Um, had a lot of success under Kalen DeBoer last year. Um and DeBoer wanted to bring him over on his staff this year, um and, and Tennessee <laughs> says no no no. Josh will swooped in. Yeah,
4: and he's gonna be our cold division coordinator too, or do?
1: I think he's just gonna be the linebacker.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think
3: I, from what I've read, it's just the linebacker.
1: Yeah, because um you had what was it Brian Gene Mary? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he left for Michigan, yes. so this is kind of filling a filling, role. Going back yeah. where he was before so, he got here. So um yeah, William. Uh, William Inge will be the just the new linebacker's coach. He's going to fill that role.
4: Yes. William Inge, do you know why he coached before he went to Washington?
3: Um, I think he was with, it, with uh, DeBoer at Fresno State. Yeah, I think I was, he was, yeah,
2: he
1: was at Fresno State with DeBoer and also at Indiana.
4: All right, I appreciate you guys.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for calling in, Martin. Uh, let's head back to the phones real quick, Eight six five five four six eight two zero zero. your number if you want to hop in. We've got Joshy Boy on the line. What's up, Joshy?
4: What up, guys? How are you guys doing today? Doing,
1: doing well, man. How are you?
4: Good. So, uh, overall, what do you guys think about the series Tennessee took down in Dallas two out of three? this
1: week. Yeah, we're about to uh, break it down up, up here in the next segment, but I think we were all yeah. um, on the same page here of uh, impressive way to start the season compared to last year where mm. you got off to a little bit of a rougher start. Um, had some really good uh, offense from from a couple guys that we expected. You know, Billy Amick a big hit yesterday. Um, Christian yeah. Moore seemed to be that still mm. that offensive threat. Uh, Kavaris Tears He was really really big yesterday. Um, And I I think our big question still remains is who's that day three pitcher? Um, But I think going forward, especially in these non-conference games, you have the opportunity to figure that out. Um, But overall, um, outside of a tough one on Saturday against Oklahoma, a good weekend and good performance against some good clubs. Anything to add? No, I don't think so. Yeah, Mm
4: -hmm. I got a little bone to pick with Tony Vatello. Why is that? Well – Give it about a couple months before he does it or not, but I think uh, they should bench Blake Burke because okay. the guy does not know how to hit a curveball or a changeup. And pitchers know what to do when they face a batter like Burke.
2: Look, I, I, I'll be honest, guys. I've had this complaint before in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very boomer bust type of guy Blake Burke is, and it seems like, and I even noticed this last year, especially in the postseason, it felt like his home runs were on fastballs. Yeah. Uh, especially high in the zone where he could come up through the ball. Any off speed, just, uh, it just did not seem like he could hit it. Uh, yeah. it's, it being a Braves guy, it's kind of like Austin Riley. Austin <laughs> Riley, for the longest time, yeah. struggled hitting a slider. Uh-huh. I think it's it would look similar to me. Now, I don't know if I'm off base, but I, I'm not saying I fully agree to bench him, but – I mean, I have we, seen the same thing.
3: It's it's only been three games. I, I, I after think after three I, games is way too early. Yes, I agree. I, I think blocks, i would
4: give it a couple months. Yeah,
3: I, I think you give it a, a few series. I, I think if you get towards like game seventeen, eighteen, if that's still like a really big problem, especially where he was uh, batting up in the lineup, like he was. I know he batted like seventh or something on Sunday. He batted Sunday. Yesterday, yeah. uh, so I yesterday. So I think if you're if you're still struggling to find him uh, coming up in those spots, like in the 3-4 hole, I think then you might can start playing with a couple different guys, like uh, Robin Villanueva. Uh, I I think that might be an option there, because I know he played first in JUCO.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. You guys agree that uh, probably the most player that's going to break out this season is Kavar's tears? Yes, I think so.
1: Yeah, that was um, – we talked about him a good bit last week. I I think – um, what he provides offensively, especially, you know, uh, that power hitter, as we saw on Sunday, and also in the infi- in the outfield, excuse me, really good arm, um, can zip it in there. I think he's a guy to watch out for.
4: Yeah. William, uh, I'm looking forward to this Iowa State and Houston game tonight. I think it's going to be a really competitive a game. One. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I-, I think it I- – look, the matchup itself is great. Um, personally – um, I, I think it could get ugly in, in favor mm-hmm. of Houston. I think yeah. Houston, um, their defense is going to do a really good job on Iowa State's guards um, that have been so hot as of late. And Iowa State is a great team. I, I've fairly enjoyed yeah. watching them. I've backed them for probably four straight games now. Um, I, I'm not taking their side tonight. Um, one of my plays that I'll give a little bit later, and I posted earlier on Twitter, um, was Iowa State's team total under 605 Um parlayed with Houston Moneyline to give you a little bit of juice, um, but I've, this is a revenge spot for Houston as well um, where they lost by four on the road at Iowa State a, about a month ago, um, Yeah, but I, I think Iowa State's a little bit outmatched here, especially on the road and against a team that knows how to play defense and knows how to stop some some talented guards. Um, on paper, I think it's a good matchup, but I think Houston takes this one.
4: Uh, one more thing out the door. What do you guys think looking kind of looking forward to next year with Tennessee basketball you guys think Cameron Carr can be like a good addition to that starting five y'all have a good night
1: yeah thank you so much for your call Joshy um I could see a situation where he is uh but i I'd probably go get a guy through the portal oh, we can, yeah, as I'll a starter the portal
2: first um mm-hmm.
1: uh, as a starter there's another guy um from northern colorado uh, ironically oh enough boy. his name is uh, saint thomas oh, oh yeah yep. bring that guy to and, campus um, immediately <laughs> with that and, name if you got a cool
3: last name we'll
1: take uh, and jordan moore one of our, our you know correspondents mm-hmm. here he's the one that put me on him um but he's a guy that is six seven um averaging 23 a night what? um <laughs> on a 46 percent clip um and he's been really impactful. I, I'll have to pull up his, his chart that he sent me a couple of weeks ago. But he's a guy to look out for. And also, I, I think you could go fill in a more experienced veteran score at that position. Cameron Carr can be a valuable role player next mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't know if he's ready to take that next step, even though he did look um, good on Saturday. Thank you so much for the call, Joshie. Um So let's s- shift back here to the basketball team. Um, for the fifth time in 2023-24 season, <clears throat> Uh, the Vols are in the top five of both major polls once again, as announced uh, today. This is the 40 or excuse me, 54th consecutive week the Volunteers are in the AP top 25. Good for the third longest streak in the country, behind only Houston, who has 80, and Kansas, who has 59. That number is 17 weeks longer than the previous program high of 37. Uh, The Volunteers' 10-week AP Top 10 stretch is solely the fifth longest in program history of those five occurrences. Three of them have come in the last six seasons under head coach Rick Barnes, who is in the ninth season at the helm. Out of the Barnes' regular season success he's had with Tennessee... Is this the most impressive stretch he's had?
2: I think it's up there. It could be. Uh, I think a couple of losses kind of hurt a little bit. And like, there's been years that we've been very high in the rankings. And I don't remember losing games like we did to A and M or South Carolina, where it just was completely ugly. Yeah. Um. But it's the best we've seen a Barnes team play. I think overall, especially lately, over the past even like two, three weeks. Uh, I think this is some of the best basketball we've seen a Rick Barnes-Tennessee team play, and it's primarily because the defense has stayed the same while the offense has gotten worlds better than we're used to out of a Barnes-Coach club. Uh, it's just major improvement in terms of his offensive scheme, in terms of how the players are able to contribute, in terms of his game management. Everything's getting better for him. So uh, on that side of things, yeah, I think it probably is. The, the stretch that came to mind for me, there were a couple of them. One was the end of the Grand Admiral year yeah. uh, where you know you beat Kentucky at home. That was a, you know, a huge game, a great atmosphere. You had a couple big wins. You ran through the SEC tourney for the most part. I think of that stretch. Uh, and also the stretch where you were number one in the country which I think might have been the same it year. It was the same was year. Was it the same yep. year? Yep. Well, then there, or that stre- that like two, three-week stretch at the end of that year where you were number one in the nation comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that team was so fun. But I don't even basketball-wise think they were quite as good as this team is. So yeah. it probably is the best stretch.
3: Uh, I, I would probably say that that 2018-19, just entire season in itself was sort of just a stretch yeah. in its own just because, I mean, you spend like a good four or five weeks as the AP number 1 team. Uh, like you said, you just run through the SEC for the most part. I think they only had three SEC losses that year with maybe five total before uh, the NCAA tournament. So, uh, And I think also to go with that was just uh, with the talent base that he had for that crew, it was just a bunch of like – solid three-star guys that he was bringing in there, Uh, maybe sprinkle a couple four-stars in. But now that he's got, uh, you know, some five-stars under his belt and some really nice four-stars in there as well, uh, I I think that takes it down a bit. But the defensive end of it, by far, I think this might be the best stretch in his career.
1: So going back to those Grant and Admiral times, I think that team was so well-liked because a lot of those guys um, had kind of been there for a while. You got Mm. to see them develop over time um and you know their success kind of gradually um elevated and I think that was really cool Um, but I think with this team the fact that you are able to go in the portal and find your go-to guy I think it it makes it in my opinion the more impressive stretch because the transfer portal is not as you know you could transfer back in 2018-19 but it's not like it is now and now it's you see a lot of teams living and dying by it. You saw Memphis lose yesterday. You saw yeah. Arkansas continue, even though they fought, um, lose again. Um, so the fact that you have hit now on a portal guy and he's your best player on the team, I think is very impressive. Because a lot of these coaches at the NFL or not not NFL, at college football level, college basketball level, some of them are not able to adapt to the new age of college basketball and college foot and college sports really. Um, and Barnes has now hit on a guy, and this is the leader of the team, the best player on the team, and he's made it a seamless transition where the previous guys you had on this team already, your Zakai Ziegler's, your Jonas Adu's, these guys all mesh together and play well. Uh, Look across the country, there are a lot of teams that can't stay the same. Um, So I think this is the most impressive stretch because of that. Mm. Um, For the first time in his career, we also want to brag on someone here, Jonas Adu, Uh, first time in his career – He's been named the SEC Player of the Week. Um, Adu averaged 17 points, 10 rebounds, and one and a half blocks per game across a pair of dominant league victories this week over Arkansas and Vanderbilt. Shot 67% from the floor and his 50 minutes in action. Um, what does Adu contribute to this team night in and night out?
2: Offensively, a genuine down-low scoring threat. Uh, And it's rare to find a scoring threat, I think, like he presents. Double digits every night doesn't seem like too far-fetched for him. Any night he can go for 15, 20, even more than that. We've seen that already a few times this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is blossoming offensively. Uh, He's taken a a ton of huge steps forward on that end of the floor, I think. So offensively just gives you another scoring threat to add to the seemingly infinite ones we have between the starters and the bench, as we saw Uh, on Saturday defensively he can really clean up on the glass he can really rack up the rebounds rebounds very well uh, even though maybe as a team we slack a little bit individually he's very good at it Uh, he can also be athletic enough to get outside contest uh, lock out shots switch on to somebody on ball and play some defense out there as well so he gives you a dynamic threat on both ends of the floor and our only gripe with him has been foul trouble for the most part uh, but he's gotten better. I think it's staying out of that and mm-hmm. still being able to play physical but not over the line, mm-hmm. able to toe that line, stay out of foul trouble, and stay on the floor for longer uh, to keep the thin center unit from you know having to take some more minutes. So uh, he gives you a dynamic threat all over the court.
3: Yeah, I feel like on the defensive end, he's sort of a rim protector. I mean, it, it's not crazy to see him throw three, four blocks up uh, every given night or so. Uh, so I, I really like that on his defensive end. On the offensive end, I, I think uh, the most dangerous thing about him uh, is just his mid-range ability. I mean, you, you get him from 12-15 out, he'll just pull up and just put one in the bottom of the net. So uh, I've always found that to be uh, something that sets him apart from the rest of this uh you know, forward-center group that Tennessee does have. And he's also uh, got really sturdy hands. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Every time he gets it in his hands, he's usually pretty confident with the ball. So I think that's something else he brings as well.
1: Uh, Offensively, I think he adds a third wheel. Um, You know, obviously you know what you have in Don Connect. You know what you have from your perimeter shooting. Um, but I think Adu, as we've seen a couple times this season, offers a lot in the pick and roll. Also offers a lot when he um, gets a post feed. He, he does a really good job. He's got some good touch around the rim. Mm. Um, a couple of awkward angles he'll take, and he can still get it in there. Um, so I think he adds a lot offensively by being a look. If Connects taken out of the game, three point shooting's not working. You can get it to Adu, and he can kind of make a make a play out of it. Um, defensively, um, I've got a I had a sneeze here coming up. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh wow! Uh, there we go. Uh, and then defensively, so my apologies. Uh, uh, defensively, I think he's a really good rim protector. Not not that big, um, kind of euros euros kind of mm-hmm. figure where he's kind of intimidating, but he's really good at protecting the rim um, and also rebounding. We've seen a, a, a gradual um, increase in his production there. And also, Dawson, I think you hit on something that's really nice. His um, ability to kind of guard multiple positions, also a little bit outside the paint as well. That offers a, a little bit more um, than just being a, a, a center. That, that's also a guy that can defend a three or a four if switched on to, which I think adds a lot. Um, so he contributes a lot to this team. The balls are rolling. Um, this was a, a good good weekend for the basketball balls mm-hmm. hope we can continue it throughout the week and when we come back we'll talk about another Tennessee team that's doing well on the diamond and that's the Tennessee baseball team we'll be right back here on overtime
0: or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today.
5: Rev up your savings at Volunteer Auto Group, your one-stop destination for quality vehicles at unbeatable prices. Cruise through their vast selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. They've got the flexible financing options that make it easy for you to drive home today. Volunteer Auto Group, where every deal's a winner. 1501 Callahan Drive. Check them out online at volauto.com and tell them FanRun sent you.
6: I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch, called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself and you'll see why people who love TV, love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O.tv and start your seven day free trial now.
4: Hey
0: dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute.
6: Hey honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can. But it's just as important to take time for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ed Council.
1: Back here on overtime on a Monday night. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening along with us. Now let's move to the Diamond, where the runs came early and often for number five slash nine Tennessee in Sunday's 11 to five victory (laughs) over. Look, look, there's so many polls out there, so I just want to provide. I always take the higher one. (laughs) Yes, we'll say number five Tennessee. Uh, Number five Tennessee in Sunday's 11 to five victory over Baylor to close out the Shriners Children's College Showdown at Globe Life Field. After a frustrating night at the plate in Saturday's extra innings loss to Oklahoma, the Volunteers bats came to life in Sunday's nightcap as the Big Orange cranked out twelve hits to improve to two and one on the year. Gavaris tears, the guy we've talked about, Billy Amick, a guy we talked about, both homered, finished with multiple hits and three RBIs apiece. On a night where eight different Vols had at least one base knock, uh, Christian Moore also had an impressive all-around night at the dish, um, reaching base four times with a pair of doubles, two walks, two RBIs, and two runs scored. Really big performance from him. Um... Now, going to the, the mound here, despite a shaky start um, in relief of starter Xander Seacrest, sophomore Nate Steed um, settled in nicely to give UT a solid performance out of the bullpen. Uh, the hard-throwing right-handed, uh, right-hander struck out f- uh, four and five innings of work while giving up two runs on four hits to pick up his first win as a ball in his Tennessee debut. Um, after being held off the board in the first inning, Tennessee scored at least one run in each of the next six frames to build an 11-5 advantage heading into the eighth inning. Um, with four teams uh, that finished 2-1 and one in this tournament, uh, the Vols were tabbed as the winner after having the best run differential. So breaking down, Tennessee was plus six, Oklahoma plus three, Texas Tech plus three, Oregon plus one. Um, Tennessee gets the nod there, having the most amount of runs. Um, So a a good start to the season, exactly what we wanted. Um, Last year, you got off to that rough start, losing to Arizona and Grand Canyon. Um, You play a lot of good Big 12 teams this weekend um, in in Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Um, I I think this was exactly what you wanted to see. You got your offense rolling, um, which you expected. You got guys... And Cavaris Tears, who um, you wanted to see kind of take that next step this season, a performance like yesterday—that's exactly how you set that statement. Um, and I think our big question was on the mound, day three, guy. Um, you still haven't yet found that guy yet, um, but you g- got a really good um, stretch from Sneed. Um, you know, see, Chris could also bounce back, but I think um, you know, as we talked about before, we went on. It's something that you kind of figure out up until I'd say Illinois. That's when I would want to yes. know mm-hmm. um, who I've, I'm pitching on day three, because yeah. especially come conference time, uh, I, I don't want to be throwing a guy out there on day three in a in a tied series and, and getting off to the wrong start, right? Um, because I don't have a consistent um, a, a consistent threat on Sunday. Um, so those are my takeaways. I thought it was a great weekend. Um, really cool to, opportunity for the Vols as well, yes. playing in an MLB stadium. Yeah. Um, So, good stuff. You guys' takeaways.
2: Uh, First one for me, A.J. Russell is that guy. Uh, He had the most pressure on him, I think, of anybody this weekend when we we learned he was going to get the day one start. And be the Friday night guy. And boy, did he deliver. Yeah. Uh, I think he struck out nine, it was nine of his first ten, ten of his first 11, something some, like that. Something insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, struck out, I think, five of his first six or six of his first six or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but ends up going four and a third, three hits, two runs, 10 strikeouts, only walked one batter. Very efficient, had command of all of his stuff. Uh, and he is not phased by the moment at all. He is ready to go, ready to be the day one guy, and I think you keep him right where he is. I think you come out with him on day one next weekend, if he does it again, he's your Friday guy, I think, for the entire season. Mm. Uh, maybe you flip like you did with Dolander last year, move him to Saturday, perhaps, to try to win a series, but for now, keep him as the Friday guy, because he was excellent in that role. Billy Amick is legit. Uh, I think he's going to mm. prove to be our biggest acquisition in the portal, Uh Early and often was his presence felt in this, ser- in this series all weekend long, it felt like. Uh, really the most consistent bat, I think, for Tennessee all weekend. Uh, and, and just hits for power, hits for contact, he can do both. Uh, the home run yesterday was a mammoth shot. Yeah, I mean, it was a yeah. moonshot home run. Uh, well past the MLB regulation wall, so anybody who had any worries about <laughs> perhaps not hitting it far enough, those are, are calmed a little bit because multiple guys had very long home runs. Yeah. Uh, final one for me. The young guys are ready. Dryling and Tears, particularly. Dylan Dryling had say um, again a moonshot home run on on Saturday. Now you don't win that game, but just a tough break in extra innings. You couldn't you couldn't get a guy home to save your life but dryling looked good and Kavaris tears I, I, I've been saying for a while I was ready to see him perform and he did it uh, he's ready yeah. as well it's so encouraging to see those guys performing uh, and getting on the board uh, this weekend
3: yeah the, the biggest thing for me was Billy Amick of course I mean we, we kind of knew what we were expecting and he absolutely lived up to those expectations so I mean it, it's going to be a high mark to follow all year but I mean this is a guy that hit over 400 last year so that, that really shouldn't be a problem especially Actually in uh, Lindsey Nelson Stadium uh, with new renovations, you know, and it's already being a small park, so it, it should be a fun year as well. Uh, Christian Moore was as consistent as he's been uh, in his in his his entire time here, uh, at UT. I thought he looked really good at the plate. I thought he looked really comfortable at shortstop too. We haven't seen him there, uh, pretty at all. I don't think since his time here, he's been mainly that second baseman, but man, he looked really good there. Uh, so I'd like if, if he can stick there, let's have him stick there. I, I think he looked really good. Uh, and the third thing was, you know, I'm not terribly worried about the Sunday slot yet, Uh, again, there's still time where you can pick out your guys. I mean, I I think I read something from Ben McKee earlier where uh, you've got 15 straight home games, and that should be plenty uh, to figure out who you really want to go with. Uh, And another thing, Joshy Boy brought up Blake Burke and his struggles at the plate. Uh, I thought he looked good in in the infield. I thought he looked good uh, on defense, but – if, if you still have time to figure things out with Blake Burke, uh, you know, early season struggles aren't rare, especially in baseball, so uh, still some time for him to figure it out too.
1: Yeah, so now I want to move over to the standout performer for the Vols over the weekend. Um, A.J. Russell definitely deserves a, a right. nod there. Uh, I'm going to go back to tears. Um, I, I just was really impressed with him, especially after last year getting a couple sparing moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he was a guy, as we talked about, uh, with the outfield kind of being a little bit of the, the question mark in, in terms of uh, what you had in that side of the lineup, and, and he was great. Um, so, I, I, I think he was the standout performer, in my opinion. A lot of great options. Billy Amick was great. Um, uh, you know, you could, you could go anywhere. No, no, no wrong answer here. Uh, Your standout performer. I have a
2: few. Uh, I'm not going to talk in depth about the first two, because I already did. Uh, I think A.J. Russell is probably yeah. number one on my mm-hmm. list. Uh, just dominated in his start against a very talented Texas Tech team. Our biggest game of the weekend yeah. was Texas Tech, and he came out and performed. Billy Amick is on there as well for his consistency, the power he brought, Uh, and the bat that he's going to bring the lineup in. His glove is good at well. Made a few good plays at third. Uh, Really looked good over there on the hot corner, uh, and I'm going to like him in that spot going forward. And The last one for me is A.J. Causey. He came in relief of, of Russell on Friday and pitched almost as well as Russell did uh and made his case to perhaps be the sunday guy i know we mentioned him as a potential sunday guy going forward i think he made his case uh, co-sec pitcher of the week by the way named mm-hmm. earlier today mm-hmm. uh, causey i believe russell was russell the other co-sec pitcher no, of the I, week? it
3: was it was some guy out of auburn that not is sure really weird yeah. that they
2: gave it to causey and not aj russell yeah. but hey no worries there um but he made his case to be the Sunday guy, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, uh, I'd have to also go with Kavara's tears, because, I mean, like you said, on the defensive end, he looked pretty solid, uh, looked great at the plate. He also looked really good on the base pass. He has sort of that, like, sleeper speed. Like, he doesn't look like somebody that's fast, but, I mean, there were several times where he's scoring from first on a double to the outfield pretty comfortably, so uh, that being another uh, edge to him uh, sort of proves what I heard last week in a press conference with Xander Seacrest when he called him an X-factor for this team, so uh, Tears already living up to the preseason uh, expectations. Hopefully, he can keep that rolling.
1: so now going back to, you know, the pitching situation, from what you saw this weekend, now obviously, three games and and a, a game for most of these guys we're about to talk about um, doesn't define you. but, Who do you think should get the ball on Sundays? I think it's Causey. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm. I think he looked the best of all of our options. Uh, I I think they probably will give Xander another chance to pitch on a Sunday, probably next weekend against Albany. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe you pitch Causey as the Tuesday guy, perhaps, on a midweek. Uh, Or you give Snead that spot or one of the freshmen. Um, But for me, he looked the best. Of anybody we had that we were kind of in the – had, our, had the names in the ring of who's going to get the start on Sundays, he looked the most dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you could have him rolling like that, have Russell, Beam, Causey – uh, you've reloaded it, pitcher completely, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, Snead is probably a close second. He looked good. Yeah, uh, had a shaky start, but uh, you know his first outing. Okay, no, no big deal. Kind of got thrown in the game um, to follow see Chris' rough start. So uh, I think give him some more chances as well. He settled in nicely, and always love a flamethrower, especially yeah. if he can start. Uh, that's a cool advantage to have. But for me, right now, it's AJ Causey.
3: Yeah, I, I think I've sort of I'm sort of like towing the line on this one. Uh, AJ Causey is by far the one that. Uh, after this weekend would be the number one pick for me just because of how efficient he was. Uh, I really liked how he came in and really changed things up from uh, you know, a guy like A.J. Russell who's shoving it down your throat, uh, and then he comes out there with a fastball around 91, 92 at like a weird, funky angle, uh, really adds some depth to that uh, thing or to the rotation, not the thing. Uh, but I kind of would like to see a young guy sort of like Matthew Dallas yes. sort of develop in that Sunday role because, I mean, uh, that's sort of your swing game, especially if it's a 1-1 series. Uh, or if, if you're trying to take back a game, trying to avoid a sweep or to sweep somebody, uh, you know, we, we've seen a guy like Drew Beam over the last two years be in there and be a guy to sl- slam the door for the most part. So uh, I'd, I'd like to see him get out there. I know he pitched a little bit, uh, but we didn't really get to see what he can do. And, I mean, this is a kid who was like a top 100 prospect in the nation, so I'd, I'd really like to see him go out there
2: and develop. Will Heflin was similar to that, by the way, yes. on Sundays mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'd say Causey or, or, or Sneed I- – I'd, I'd take a look at. Now, give Seacrest another chance, being the guy that, you know, mm-hmm. was here last year. Um, but Causey goes uh, four, well, I guess, I uh, want four and a half. I four, guess, four we'll just say? Four and two thirds. Yeah, yeah. Four he and the last four and two thirds. Yeah, yeah. Four and two thirds innings with uh, just two hits allowed. Um, I, I thought that was really impressive. And, and Sneed, it started off a little shaky, as we mentioned, but um, I think he bounced back and responded well, too. Um, so I, I think. I'd go. I'd lean Causey, especially with you know winning co pitcher of the week. I yeah. think that's a good accolade to have. But um, I, I, right now, I'd say Causey or maybe Snead. Right, when we come back, it's time for our best bets of the night. Stay on the line. We'll be back here in a minute
5: citizens national bank life
4: is more fun with a good life checking account offering extra benefits including bank travel join us for a trip to mackinac island for a stay at the beautiful grand hotel travel with us to southern utah to witness the enormous colorful and unusual rock formations or join us on one of our many day trips we're always on the go citizens
5: national bank banking never felt so
4: Member FDIC.
5: The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz, a compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like. With 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes, or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey Mercedes. This vehicle's all electric. The feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer or learn more at mbusa.com EQB. That's mbusa.com EQB. You can live out your MasterChef dreams
4: when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel.
6: Connect with skilled professionals to get... All-
0: or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. Are you in need
1: of a smile makeover? Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Costa of Knoxville Smiles. And if you're ready to improve your smile, replace teeth that are missing, make your dentures tighter, add implants to your mouth, whatever you may need, we're here to discuss a wide range of easy, pain-free cosmetic and restorative procedures that can create a glowing, radiant smile that you've always dreamed of. Don't wait any longer. The time is now. Call us today at Knoxville Smiles and schedule your appointment at 865-539-1776 or go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com.
4: Making a better vodka soda ain't rocket science. You just gotta start with a better vodka. And then voila, you get a White Claw vodka soda. Your taste buds are about to get a PhD in deliciousness. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. Try
5: the all new White Claw vodka soda. Pick up a variety pack of their four delicious flavors
3: only 100 calories, 4.5% alcohol, and 2 grams of sugar. White Claw vodka soda. Please drink responsibly.
5: Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft last year. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. They monitor and alert you to identity threats you'd miss on your own. Even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become a victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issue. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the million-dollar protection package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help protect your financial info, so all you have to worry about is what you do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com, save up to 25% off your first year. The promo code is HERD, promo code H-E-R-D. To save up to 25% off your first year, LifeLock.com. Identity theft protection starts here
1: back here on overtime time for our best bets of the night uh and we begin for me with virginia plus three and a half taking on uh virginia tech tonight these are two polar opposite teams Uh, virginia has struggled to play offensively as of late but they're top eight in the country and Kim Palm defensive efficiency. Um, Virginia Tech is a team that shoots the genes off of it but struggles uh, defensively um I'm, I'm taking the slightly better team here and that's virginia i'm um, coming off a disappointing game on saturday where they eked out a win over wake forest i look for them to bounce back the better coach better team uh, in a rivalry game
2: i'll go ahead and mirror it was my last one right now but i also have virginia plus three and a half against virginia tech uh, you said it uh, a good offensive team in virginia tech but the virginia defense is off the charts they're top 10 mm-hmm. for a reason in efficiency. Uh, and they'll uh, they'll have a good spot tonight on the road. I like this number as well, plus 3.5 for a team that I think is Mm. better anyway. Uh, So I I like Virginia as well.
3: Uh, I'm going out here. uh, Houston minus 8.5 against Iowa State. Uh, Like you said earlier, William, this is a revenge game for the Cougs. Uh, I really do see them taking care of business at home. They did it against Texas uh, over the weekend. I, I think they continue to do that. Even though Iowa State and their guards have been playing really good, I think the defense bottles them up tonight.
1: Yeah, since we're on the topic of this game, I'll go ahead and give mine that I I talked with Joshy Boy earlier. Um, Iowa State under 16.5 team total parlayed with Houston Moneyline. Um, I think it's a high number at nine and a half, or it was nine and a half. I guess eight and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just getting a little bit safer with the the Houston minus four forty. Uh, this is going to be a very gritty game, uh, defensive minded. Houston's going to muck this one up to make it very hard for Iowa State to be as in control as they have been as of late. Iowa State's a good team; they really are. Great guard play, but this is not a good matchup for them on the road in a revenge spot for Houston. I don't like it. Um, Iowa State under 60 and a half team. Total parlayed with Houston minus 440.
2: We'll go ahead and round it out. Uh, but I am going the opposite way. I like the Cyclones to cover. I don't like them to win, maybe, but I like them to cover because that number is so high. Yeah. Uh, I saw it at eight and a half. It's at nine and a half. I think I, I like that even better for them to cover. Uh, it just doesn't feel like a blowout spot. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if they'll win. Um, This is going to be a very hostile environment. Houston's a very good defensive team, but i like them to cover. At least keep it close um, because I think this Iowa State team is for real. Uh, Chance to make a statement tonight. Do they win? Probably not, but I think they cover.
3: Uh, I'm going true Big 12 fashion here. Kansas State plus 8.5 on the road at Texas. Uh, You know, Texas has got Max Amos, who's uh, been known to put in 20 a night pretty pretty often. uh, But, you know, it's the Big 12. We've seen crazier things happen. Uh, I can really see Kansas State maybe even taking this one at Texas, coming off a big-time loss uh, at Houston. Uh, Because, you know, just the Big 12.
1: Uh, Kansas State plus eight and a half for me as well. A heartbreaker on Saturday. Mm-hmm. TCU beat them on a buzzer beater. Where Kansas State shot one of fifteen from three. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Perry, a very undersized guard, similar to um, what was it? Deuce? Who they have last year? I almost said Deuce Noel. marquis Noel. Marquise Noel. Noel. Undersized guard uh, can put a lot of uh, points up. Uh, very crafty. Uh, Arthur Kaluma is a guy that came over from Creighton. He's been hot and cold for them. Um, this is a good spot for them. I I think it's too many points. Texas is nine and sixteen against the spread, tied for worst with West Virginia in terms of uh, conference play in the Big Twelve. Um, I like Kansas State plus eight and a half here as well. Guess
2: we're all on the same page. Give me yep. Kansas State plus eight and a half against Texas. Uh, huge bounce back bounce back spot for Kansas State coming off two straight losses. Uh, they need this one bad. Uh, Texas in a bounce back spot too, but. Kansas State really needs a win like this coming off two straight. Uh, and, again, Texas is really streaky. You don't know what version you're going to get. We know what Jerome Tank's going to put on the court tonight. Give me the
1: Wildcats. Mm-hmm. All right, and that will wrap up our best bets. Uh, stay on the line if you are. We'll come right back for the new hour of Overtime.